nitrate power. You're in the dog zone for an hour. Come on. You know the number. Welcome to the Dog Zone 9000, the official podcast of 1900 Hot Dog, America's ultimate and final website. Remember websites? We do that. We pay talented comedians good money to handwrite hilarity for no other agenda, for hilarity's sake. Uh, if you're into that, and you are, you're listening to this, come support us, uh, patreon.com slash 1900hotdog, or you can die in the hot car that is the modern internet. I mean, that sounds fun. I'm Robert Brockway, and I'm pretty sure this is all a hoax. Uh, with me is my comedy partner, Sean Baby. I'm pretty sure he's a hoax. I'm real. Eh, are you? No. Are you? Sorry if that wasn't convincing. All right. Uh, well, I know for a fact I don't believe in our guest today. Uh, it says he's the most fun kind of analyst here. A transport analyst? There's no way we got we got that <laughs> heat coming into this. It's Gareth Edwards. Yeah, hey, good to see you again. Welcome back. <laughs> welcome, welcome back. Uh, you brought this. You, you, you fucking brought this to us. Uh, so before we lay all of that blame on your feet and destroy any goodwill you will have nurtured, uh, do, <laughs> where can people find more of you? Uh, well, I am now doing a tech history column. That's one of my things. You'll find me over in Every, the uh, the AI newsletter and general tech history newsletter. Um, and yeah, generally just streaming streaming games and history things on on Twitch and YouTube as Garius the Brit. So so yeah, keep an eye out. All right, go check that out now before we start talking about the thing that he has brought us, which is going <laughs> to be an ordeal. What what he has brought us is uh, a show called Space Cadets. Uh, this is. A very British show and also a very terrible show. And I would say those are not they're not mutually exclusive. But in this case, I do think they are tied together. Uh, Space Cadets is a 2005 British reality series hosted by Johnny. Well, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Vaughn? Just Vaughn? Yeah, it's Johnny Vaughn. Johnny Vaughn. Quick question. Uh, uh, is that guy a dick? That guy's got like. He looks like a dick. Some scandals, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, you know, he, made, he, he sold coke to cops. I mean, but then we've all done that at some point okay. in our lives. Okay, we? that rules, though. Yeah, that sort of rules. Uh, that's yeah, not I'm the kind side. of scandal I was expecting. I, I just got, like, real, like... He didn't Tim Allen it, right? Yeah. He didn't, like, he didn't turn somebody in. <laughs> no, well, the problem you have with Johnny Vaughan is he is a peak sort of early 2000s British lad television. So it's that mm, kind of thing it's... of, like, we want the presenter who is the, the guy you go out with for a drink and you're never quite sure if he's going to start a fight or not. Yeah. You know, and it's that kind of vibe that... That he that eminently vibe. gives off in everything he does. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you brought that up because that was my, I went looking like, surely I did not find any meaningful scandals beyond the drug sales, scandal, which, which actually kind of rules. But I just, I'm sure you're a dick, right? <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. Just a dick your on existence. camera several times. I mean, he's a yeah. massive bellend on camera on this several times. And I do wonder how much of that is him and how much of that is the writing, um, such as there is any writing. But. And how much is just the era? 2005 reality TV is like all three of the worst descriptors to have <laughs> in a row. Like, uh, that's all just bad news. Uh, okay, let's describe what it's about. Space Cadets, uh, it's a prank reality show, which there's another terrible descriptor to throw yeah. into the mix. It just gets worse. 
Uh, it's about, in their words, putting everyday Brits through brutal training in a Russian camp and then blasting them into space, only they never leave Britain, which I think is a crime. I think that is actually a nest <laughs> it of should, crimes It probably right was there. after they made this show. Obviously, <laughs> the concept is stupid and insane uh, on its face, but also what's frustrating for me like as a, as a writer is there's no landing strip for, for the gag. Like, I, I've... Maybe it's because I saw WB Superstar, but I can already look at the last uh, episode in my mind and be like, uh, there's no fun way to tell people that, hey, <laughs> fuck you, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, right. is, there is zero ability to turn around and go, we've just spent 30, 30 days building up your best dreams in life. And by the way, yeah. it's, all a, it's all a prank. It's, and your girlfriends and boyfriends signed off on us doing this too. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like not a surprise zaniness. It's like a, a well-funded PSYOP conspiracy. Here's it's why, it's what happens when it's what happens when you have too much cocaine in a rotor's room and not enough people that go, how do we land this? Yeah. <laughs> this is a great idea, as long as we don't think about it. I have a solution to that part. It's cocaine. Let's it's do cocaine. that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, context, we, need, it's uh, we need to stop this. We need to stop this, but we can't because we've already spent five million on the simulator from Space Cowboy. <laughs> Gareth, so are you I would, familiar with WB Superstar? Do you know that uh, show? Yeah, briefly, yeah. Okay. From my time but for US. the listeners, that was a, a, a fake American Idol where they got people who couldn't sing and then they fucked them for the entire season. And at the end, they're like, oh my God, now we have to tell people uh, we've been humiliating you for, for weeks. And uh, it wasn't funny. It was, it, was, it was a very, very strange finale. Uh, also, for our listeners, we have already done a podcast yeah, on we that. Did a How podcast dare you? It. How dare you not know about that? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Uh, I would say this. I think this one is worse. Uh, in a way, yeah. WB Superstar had, had had they were better at cruelty. I don't think they're very good at cruelty in Space Cadets. I don't think it comes naturally to them. I think it's a very cruel idea that was not executed well, whereas WB Superstar's they just all the way throughout. They got they got some sociopaths to to design. Yeah, they the, sacrifice the life. those lives for entertainment. Whereas here but, they, which is the thing, you could absolutely do that here if you just take the same concept and make these actual sociopaths who think they could be astronauts. It would work because you would yes. hate them. But the whole problem with this is you just start to like the people, and then you just feel really bad for them. <laughs> and also. Yep. The the problem the problem with that is that WB Superstar put them into like a, a singing contest and otherwise they had normal real lives. Uh, this required <laughs> basically abducting them for a month on end and putting them through brutal, relentless physical training. Right. Toward no end. To, and making no them sit exams, like literal exams. On on lies. To, yeah. Which yeah. which will get learn to the it. wrong stuff. We'll which you. we'll get to it, but there is a problem with that. That's one of the crimes. That is like there is there are thought crimes. That's one of them, surely by now. Uh, so to soften the blow, the idea is that uh, everybody is paid a very modest amount uh, for participating in this. That will hopefully keep them from suing. The people that make it to the end are paid a little better, and they get the opportunity to once again go back and do it for real this time to actually go to the Russian camp and train for space, which they don't get to go again. So if they if they win this show, they get to go through all of this again for real, for no prize, which yes. I'm sure now, they I think this love. is going to turn into a running bit on our show today. But I think a good prank would be if they go, t they take them up on that and they go to the real camp and then that one's also a fucking prank. <laughs> that's funny. Just nest them. <laughs> See, yeah. that's it. You just layers. You need layers to this. Yes. You just keep pranking them. 
Yeah, right. I think it should be going to this day. Like you should just take their lives away and like the <laughs> it, it rest should have of their started lives. earlier as well. They should come out and be told like you're not only you're not going into space, but that person you thought was your girlfriend has been an actor the whole time. <laughs> it's a reverse Truman show where you take yes. somebody that has lived a normal life and then you take it all away from them. <laughs> and then Next trap year them will in a be the twenty year anniversary. The hosts should go to their homes and say the the last twenty years have been fake. It's it's fucking brilliant. The last 20 years have been fake and you are actually in space. But yes. don't worry, we have 25,000 pounds for you <laughs> and the opportunity to go do it all again right now. Uh, we have what, a bus driver's salary. You don't salary. like that prize? Uh, so to keep the secrecy, which they make a very big deal of, I would argue so much thought has been put into the execution of this uh, without any idea towards, as Sean said, the actual ending of this, which is the important part. Uh, to keep the secrecy, they didn't tell anybody applying for this on any level what this job actually was. They made up fake reality shows for the people, to, for the contestants to apply for. They made up fake acting gigs for the actors they needed. They, they got a base modeled after Russia's Star City, uh, which they replicated in Ipswich. Uh, and they make a big deal about how exactly they have to replicate everything, which I don't think is true in the slightest. Yeah, and you, you, you need to think of Ipswich as being like the Scranton of the UK, by the way, if you need a sort of reference for this. Yeah, it got a couple laughs in the show, so I, I, I got that that place sucks. <laughs> yeah, then they did some, you know, B-roll footage of it. So I got that that place sucks. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, that's the thing is that they had to like chaff an entire media landscape to hide the show, but not really. Like they could have just not hidden it that well. Who cares? But right. the people that were deceived at every level of production from contestants and journalists to employees... It's just, it's just a bunch of lies to help the CIA create another Unabomber. It's just, it's, it's, point, it's, it's just makes everything in the world a little bit less true for anyone who touches it. And maybe I'm a fucking genius, but I don't think you should devote this much time and resources to, to pointlessly diminish truth. I feel like all this did is make the world just a little bit worse for everyone who sees it or was a part of it. And is continuing to do so. I don't know if you guys spotted it, but obviously, because these are all on YouTube, is the growing increase in the number of flat earther comments as the series right. goes on on YouTube. Because <laughs> like, if you think, think the moon landing was fake, just knowing that someone faked a reality show about going to space is enough for you. You don't have to watch it. You don't have to know whether it was good or not. And it, to be clear, it fucking sucks. And and like you could just cite that as evidence. Like, hey, I think the moon landing was fake. After all, they faked that show about going to space. It's just... More than zero people are going to use this as proof that everything in the stars is a lie. This gives you ammo now to say that the astronauts, when an astronaut, when that when when an <laughs> astronaut is about to punch you in the face for saying yeah. the moon landing is fake, you could say, no, no, no. I know they deceived you too. Yes. I'm just sorry like they we did that in this show. <laughs> yep. It's bad. <laughs> and you'll it's still get punched show. in the face. Uh deservedly. So, the, yeah, as Sean said, the amount of resources that go into this is, it's frankly astonishing. They use an, a decommissioned military base from the Cold War, and not fully, but at least all the parts they're going to use, uh, renovate it uh, to look like the actual Star City. However, they also select all of their contestants uh, specifically so they don't know anything about space, uh, the military, or Russia in the slightest. So you could have you could put them fucking Walt Disney World. They would have <laughs> no idea. Like and and also you self-selected them for for just the dumbest and most trusting people yeah. for labradors of people. 
I had a they would believe whatever you told them. Because is it like really a prank if you carefully pick the people who can't tell they're being pranked? Like they cast for that. At a certain point, just find people who've been kicked in the head by donkeys. We found a bunch of coma patients and told them their families died while they were asleep. It's just, it's just fucking cruel at this point. <laughs> it's just eliminate anyone who's not in a coma. It also massively compromises the entire ability for it to be a successful reality show because you innately require conflict and doubt for a reality show to work. And they have deliberately selected out anyone who might be a good reality show contestant. Yes, they... they, Okay, we'll get into the tests. They should Uh, just pull people out of lakes that have just recently been legally dead from drowning and say, I'm the devil, I'm the devil, and you're in hell. <laughs> Just go and then down the nearest, three months later, the tell nearest gym. Go down the nearest gym, pick pick the biggest gym bro who thinks he could be an astronaut and is absolutely the least suited person to it. Find That's a 10 show. of his mates and put them in this and you've got a show. It's a right. great point that they've self-selected not only in self-selecting people that would not expose their elaborate but very stupid prank, they have also made sure that they have found really stupid, but generally nice and easy to get along with <laughs> yes. people. See, I thought this might have been a British thing. Like, in America, everyone's like a selfish dick, and reality shows, like, amplify that. Like, that's a, the the casting self-selects for that. But on British reality shows, uh, whether or not this is the reality of, of it over there, like, they all seem very polite, and, like, no one's clamoring to win. They don't, like, backstab each other. So there's, like, not as much drama, whereas on American reality show, uh, it, like... I just watched 90 Day Fiance and some guy, uh, they put on blindfolds to do like couples therapy and he could see through his blindfold and he just cheated his way through like a communication test just, just to win and then picked a fist fight with a guy who said, it's obvious that you can see, buddy. Uh, so I'm like, that's when I saw that, I'm like, that's very American. That's very normal. And, uh, on British, it's just like, hey, hey, let's. Let's be best friends and I mean, go through this together. We're normally a bit more reserved on the reality shows, but but if you watched, particularly around about this time, you know, Big Brother's into it, so I think season four when this is screening, mm-hmm. and you by that point you have got the, this is my chance to be famous for 15 minutes, I'm going to maximise it, I'm going to do everything okay. else. And so you do get those those sociopaths come through in, in, in real strength. But you just don't oh, get what? them here because they, they didn't even tell them they were going to do anything like that. So, right. you know, it, it's like you're screwed from the start. Yeah, they, they kind of planted okay. a seed of competition. Like, some of you will be selected, but they didn't really tell them how they were going to select them. They so, like, placed a fake ad, and it said exactly this. Okay. Are you missing out on life's great experiences? Is the British public missing out on you? You need the personality to win over a nation, the determination to, su- to succeed, more balls than you can ever imagine. Time to stand out from the crowd. To apply, call or email Endemol UK. That was it. That was the ad that they yeah. placed. So everybody here answered that. Absolutely nothing. That, like, that ad is how a cannibal finds victims. Like, <laughs> yeah. That eliminates just, all the non-douchebags. It I didn't mean, say it, you were going to be on four TV. Of the, uh, four of the job ads on my LinkedIn right now. It looks <laughs> exactly like that. Those are, those are hungry cannibals, and uh, nature finds a way. Is that know, why they don't specify salary ranges? Yes. Yes, that is. If they don't specify a salary range, it is a cannibal. Uh, I'm on the record at <laughs> saying that. Well, they were explaining this on the, sh- on the show. They showed some of the douches, and one of them was a shirtless cowboy. Uh, and he says, what is it about me people want to see? What is it about me people want to see? 
Well, there you go. I can turn any question into a rhyme. <laughs> I think See, you skipped over my Gavin. I've gotten yeah. down to my notes as naked dude. Yes, <laughs> naked, naked Gavin. But uh, that's skipping over the the winner of this show. What should have been the winner of this show if this had been cast by Americans? Which was uh, well, I'll just play the clip. Hold on, you look interesting. Who are you? My full name is Jonathan Edward Sidney Harris the Seventh. And I am a lord. A lord. I say. <laughs> okay. I, love that. So, I had him in my notes as John What's It What's It dipshit in Bread the Seventh. <laughs> <laughs> that is how you select for a reality show. I was instantly like, okay, I'm not gonna take notes on all of these people, but that yeah. guy is going in the show. In the show. So, so for I sure. think there's two reasons he doesn't make it through the through the testing. And one is I I have spent more time than I should have trying to work out if he really exists. I have gone through Burke's peerage and there is no Lord Jonathan <laughs> Edward Sidney Harris the fucking seventh. Incredible. I've spent more Which time. makes it better. Yeah. Like that ensures you're cast on the show yeah. if you're a yeah. fake lord. Also, also jumping ahead slightly, um, but, you know, we'll, we'll get to it anyway, but is, he is the chap about in about three episodes' time who correctly identifies two stars. So I <laughs> oh, think yeah, we have yeah, to eliminate not. him because he knows yeah. what a star is. Right. He knows what a star is. You're out on your ass. Uh, That's probably I mean, where his lordship is. He probably bought one of those stars for 48 bucks. <laughs> it's got forest <laughs> on the moon. That's how you get that's how you get a lordship. If you've ever received a star, you're the lord of the stars. That's how Star Lord that's what a Star Lord is. Uh, I have two more notes on uh, what the American casting would be. One is definitely uh, Naked Gavin who thinks poetry is rhyming the same word with the same word. <laughs> oh, the same phrase with the same phrase. <laughs> uh, another was Damien who uh, doesn't hate the gays, but he hates the gays. And, yeah, he's uh, he's yeah. in my notes as Damien the asshole. <laughs> and Dennis <laughs> Who is the gayest man that ever lived? Like, they would be, yeah. this would be your cast if it was America, specifically yep. to watch those people tear each other apart. And the fact that they don't get cast because of the standards of the show is what makes, it's what how you know from the first episode, <laughs> this is going to be really bad television. Yeah, their hobbies must have been military bases. They said that twice, <laughs> that we eliminated people whose hobbies was military bases. Like, what the fuck does that mean? That's a question I had. Is that a hobby in England? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, we, we, we spend our whole weekends, like, going from, from ex-US military base to military base, taking notes, you know, drawing it's pictures. So um, like train spotting, but yeah, base spotting. exactly, you know. Um, Just, but there was also, they didn't they say they eliminated anyone who could name more than four characters from Star Trek The Next Generation, which, you know. Yeah, that's I a weird like one. I feel like could do that. Yeah. There's, Data, uh, Tasha Yar. That's it. I got. I got. I got no more. War niche. You got more for that one. <laughs> the Horta. Uh, I think. All right, this, you're still not getting still. on the show, Sean. You're still not getting on the show. <laughs> Come on, let me on the show. Be a great astronaut. I love the foreshadowing this in that as the candidates are being interviewed, not selected yet, just interviewed to see if they're even remotely right for the show. He cuts to them ahead where they've already selected, like, who the candidates are. And he points out that if you listen closely, you can hear English church bells in the distance. So he tells us in episode one, before we know what who's ever been selected, we fucked this up. Like, we fucked this up bad. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if anyone who listens can hear, we it's... did not pay the church to not ring the bells. So, I'm not uh, sure this is true, but I think you could make a case for every level of production had failures. Like, I, I thought the editing was really bad. Like, you mentioned how it was. they show all these contestants, but we've already seen who's won, like, several times. Um, 
they the the storytelling is really bad. Like they sometimes things repeat. And I'm like, wait, did the, was earlier that like a preview? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, uh, this is incompetent on every level. This set yeah. out to be. This is why I love the show. This is why I said yes to doing this show. Uh, when this was put in put in front of us, I I was like, ah, we've done this crueler. We've done crueler with WB Superstar, but we haven't. What's interesting is that it's incompetent at its cruelness. Like yeah. this is this doesn't actually wind up being very cruel because they don't pull it off. They <laughs> picked the stupidest and most suggestible people through careful psychology, spent millions of dollars trying to fool them and did not. Yeah. At and all. I'll, I'm sure a lot of people are, would put them in this situation. Like, what would I do if I was here? And I don't think anyone would think uh anyone would do this like it it would cost less money to send you to space and and, and i'm not being cute like i i i looked it up and it's like half a million dollars to get a, a tourist pass to space they sent three people in fake space that's 1.5 million dollars it's way less than they spent on this show it's like don't even do the space bit just put them put them all on in the camp bit tell them it's fake but tell them there's a massive prize money at the end and they're going to get a go on the vomit comet and then let them yeah. eat each other you know, like, there you could go. just do that bit, and it's a show. Oh, I have a better idea. You actually send them to a brutal Russian training camp, and you tell them it's all fake. Yes. And, and so, like, not, don't worry about it. This is all for the show. You put up your your hidden cameras, and then you just leave, and whatever happens. <laughs> just watch them fuck with Spetsnaz. Yeah, okay, pal, we're like, not going to really do push-ups anymore. He's like, you will do push-ups. <laughs> okay, buddy, I know you're from Essex. <laughs> See, that's a better show. Yeah, Uh, it's a funny show. So in selecting for their gullible idiots, uh, they do a lot of psychological testing. They do the dot pattern test where they show every contestant a bunch of dots in a a pattern that tell them it it contains faces when it actually doesn't. And then whoever sees the faces are suggestible. Uh, I have in my notes that this is bullshit uh, (laughs) because we have such a thing as a Rorschach test where... You were you just see shit. We just see shit in patterns. Yeah, this, you just confabulate stuff. It's just what human brains do. Yeah, the idea that this makes them weak is is uh, probably wrong. I think. <laughs> I mean, that said, when Astrid says that she sees a skull on top of a lampshade with a cowboy hat on, I do think she might be making it up. Yeah, she's having some fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's having which, some fun. Which is again something you can't control for. Like some of these people are just going to fuck around. Some of them are going to be silly because they think that's what you're casting for. Um, and also they're, they're, they're making sure everyone's like sane. They're making sure they're not going to like, their minds aren't going to shatter against, you know, the confinement of it all. So I guess now they're going to have data on what happens when you fuck with the reality of a previously sane person. So that's not useless. I think scientists might scientifically their findings. (laughs) (laughs) No, something has been proven here to some extent. Uh, I just like that they end this test by including one with a clear picture of an alien face, like a little hidden clue. And then they, they, the editors of the show themselves cut to every single person being like, yep, that's an alien. I see an alien. There's an alien. So this is foreshadowing for how bad they are at their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Great prank, guys. Here's a picture Great of an alien. Prank. What does it look like? Uh, I don't know, like an alien. But also, every single one of them got Back it. to the bad editing again. Like they, they keep repeatedly include things they shouldn't include because they just make the show profoundly more depressing. So I think that this is the point where they, they show some of them describing what they want to do in life or their, what their ideal jobs would be. And Kerry mm-hmm. is like, if I could pick any job, it would be an astronaut. And there's another world out there. But I guess I'll never get to do that. And you're like, yeah. oh, my God, not only are they going to definitely put you on the show, but they are going to shatter your dreams at the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah. 
They're like, let's maximize this one nice girl sadness. Yeah, I have that in my notes many times one. that this this woman left uh, a much sadder person than when she went in. Yeah, and not that much, much richer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> a little, a little bit richer, a little bit more famous in a way that is probably not great for her. Uh, she, she left with she enough money passed. to buy a BMW. That is not a that is not a replacement for shattered dreams. <laughs> and has has proven on national television that she is suggestible and stupid. So you can take that BMW from her. Very <laughs> <laughs> like this, just painted every single person here is like, here's your victims. Yeah, <laughs> go find them. So where's Waldo of your next victim for your pyramid scheme? Here's, here's your victims, and you know they've got 25 grand burning a hole in their pocket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah every single one of you one loses it to an MLM within like a week. <laughs> just so the just on the they, wanted board. The next one they did was uh, a bunch of eyeballs in a jar, and the test was to see how like suggestible they were. By They say, okay, guess the number of eyeballs. And then they show them all the previous guesses, and they make them like crazy high. And then... That's to test, like, oh, will they adjust their answer after they see the peer pressure? And, like, maybe this is, like, because of my time at Crack or our time at Crack, where my brain is just filled with party fact pop science nonsense. But this is such an obvious trap. Like, if someone showed me a jar of eyeballs and said, guess, and then showed me a spreadsheet of other people's scores, like, I might not bust the whole grift. I'm not like, hey, this whole thing is fake. But I at least know I'm not there for the stated eyeball purpose. Like, it's just so obvious Something else is going on. You're saying that you weren't hired to, to be the eyeball counter. You know, yeah, that was not, saying, not the thing. I'm saying that's not the test here. There's something else going on. And then maybe I come up with it. Maybe I don't. But all it does is is just plant the seed. Hey, you're being deceived. You may not see the whole picture yet, but like we are fucking with you. That's what that's what it's very obvious from this test. Yeah, they set this tone of. This is all definitely not what it seems. Yeah. They might not guess what the end game is, but everybody, I would say, from this stage onward, immediately knows, like, okay, you're fucking with us to some mm-hmm. degree. And uh, I can prove that because the show just uh, shows us that. It will show us clips <laughs> repeatedly in almost every episode where somebody's just like, this is a prank. I don't want to do this. It's a <laughs> yeah, prank. I don't, I don't know. Do I still come back to like, when you listen to their comments in diary rooms and everywhere else, I think the, this is back to editing again, is there's a lot of editing after the fact to kind of try and go, look, see, see, they definitely knew. We definitely didn't entirely shatter them as human beings. Mm-hmm. But when you listen to the asides in various things, I think they all wanted it to be true. Yeah, of course. They, I think they can all want it to be true. And I think it can also be executed very incompetently, yes. which is what we're looking at. And, uh, and to and be fair, think, a lot of their speculation was like, this feels really fake, but they're not like, I'm being tricked. They're just yeah. like, this is something's wrong. Something, yes, something. they get that they get that this is that this is wrong. But here's the thing. If you guess that it's wrong, right, that uh-huh. this is a prank, and then it keeps going, if you publicly say, like, okay, <laughs> I get it. This is a fake thing. We're not actually going to space. Yeah. And then they're like, Okay, you've got to get up tomorrow for training. I'd be like, Oh, so that wasn't it. <laughs> because why would you why yeah. would you keep going with it because yeah. then it's not funny or interesting if i guess it and you keep making me do it so uh, surely you, that can't be right i guess i must have been wrong are you familiar with the show called uh, joe schmo yeah which was like okay so that was like a truman show that they executed on a guy and then season two they tried it on a guy and a girl and so the prize for this was a woman. So the guy's just like, I'll do fucking whatever. Obstacle, obstacle courses, humiliation, whatever. I could win a real human woman. But the woman is just going to win a dude. So she's like, 
yeah, okay, this will be a fun weekend. And she immediately like shattered the illusion. She's like, oh, this is a Truman Show thing. Because like she's not like driven by a boner to chase some like, I don't know, shiny object. So uh, they actually took her and put her in the cast. They're like, okay, cool. You caught us. You're now a, you know, improv performer to trick the next woman. And they brought her in for a few episodes. So uh, I guess there is precedent for like a plan B. And I don't think this show had one. But this it doesn't have a plan B because at the end of the day, all of the all of the cash investment is backloaded on that freaking simulator yeah. and everything else. So it's yeah. like they constantly make in those first few episodes and these episodes about going, well, what? Oh, they might find out if we push them too far. And it's like, well, you can't push them too far because you've got ten episodes to fill. Yep. So and all you the spent five are million so dollars in. renovating a a Cold War military base. You can't go back <laughs> to your investors and be like, ah, they guessed it. Sorry, they got it. But it's had, four, it's four episodes of setup and six episodes of gaslighting. That is essentially what it is. That's what it. That's, that's what it winds it. up being. All right, so we're still self-selecting for our gullible, lovable yeah. Labradors. Uh, they they want to eliminate claustrophobia because I don't know that we've stressed this, but at the end when they do the space mission, it's not you get in the space shuttle, they pretend to go through the launch, you're like, wow, space, and then they open it up and you walk out, you're like, oh no. They make them stay in it for five days. <laughs> they make them stay in an eight by eight foot room, all of them in that room together for five days. Yeah. Which it's is constantly moving. But yeah. Just shaking it on hydraulics the whole time. It's a nightmare. It is an absolute nightmare to, to do to somebody. And the only way you would get through it is if you thought you were genuinely like a hero in space. It, it would we talk about how bad it is. It's a university but... ethics test. This, you no. couldn't do this as a psychological experiment. No. This is like a, taking a Greyhound bus across six states. If you've ever done that, like you're, that's, they should have just cast for that. They're like, have hey, you ever taken a really long bus ride? Okay, cool. You're in. That one of these, okay, when the, during this part of the show, they still had a lot of people they didn't select. So they, they have a lot of rejects in the group. And one of them had a big old fuzzy blue hat on. The Jamiroquai. You've spotted the Jamiroquai. <laughs> the Jamiroquai. I, now, see, I think the real psych, psychology test uh, is happening. It's a, it, if the TV producers are basic enough to put some shitty fuck on TV whose entire personality is fuzzy Jamiroquai hat, uh, maybe you're the suggestible one. Maybe <laughs> Jamiroquai was running his Jamiroquai science on you. Like, He's publishing you're the one his who paper. Blew it. Right. Uh, I like that they put Jamiroquai in an elevator. That was that was that was a good move. Yeah. Like, climb Just, the walls, Jamiroquai. I, climb the walls. <laughs> and then they made the they stalled the elevator out, which was to test for their claustrophobia. But I think the real test is like, how long am I going to stay in an elevator with Jamiroquai? And it's not twenty Without minutes. Fucking him. Without just taking his hat, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna take his hat after about five minutes. I'm, I'm just gonna do it. Uh, they did a uh, the next one they did was the silent dance, I guess, to sort of test their capacity for like humiliations. Or, but like this turned down to a real mean spirited thing because they didn't make them all stop at the same time. So one guy took it off and realized, oh, they're all watching him dance while he's blindfolded, and he's fucking pissed about it. He's like, oh, this is just to fuck with me. Okay. Okay, I see how it is. He's right. Like, yeah. Like, he didn't think that was cute. However, 
they also fuck up being cruel in that sense, in that well, in the sense of like what they're trying to select for in the show. They say they're doing that to test their confidence. Like now we're gonna take off the blindfolds one by one to see who's you know still dancing confidently. But they uh-huh. didn't tell the guy they were taking the blindfolds off, so he does not know. Right. Therefore, it tests nothing. It does yeah. nothing. You tested nothing. You tested, you tested nothing. Whether or not this guy's gonna kick your ass after you realize you've been humiliating him for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out he is uh, the only one who isn't is Jamiroquai. Jamiroquai will take almost it. He'll dance. He'll dance yeah. like there's nobody watching yeah. forever. Uh, so they, they make a big deal about how absolutely thorough they are in their uh, in their set design in, in picking this. I will give them that. They went, they flew to Russia to pick up all of their set filler, which... At some point, I know this was 2005, right? So we thought we're going to live forever. Yeah. <laughs> nothing nothing matters. Everybody has a million dollars. Let's just throw it around. The amount of resources just wasted for this show, like you getting on a plane and burning yeah. all of those resources to pick up actual, instead of just ordering it from somewhere, yeah. when you know you selected these people to not know about Russia. But no, they go to <laughs> Russian markets to pick up their set filler. They go to, they go, here's where I got offended. They go to Russian markets to pick up litter that they then litter all around the actual yeah, English that countryside. Was, that was just so There's it's, no it's also peak post-Soviet market because you just like you can just buy any military gear you want in Moscow at that point in time, right? Which I they do. Know, just they fucking bought- buy regular groceries and say, "Hey, idiots! We flew this in from your home. You're in Russia, right. but look, it's regular head and shoulders." This you whole thing, that it's, they're so everything. proud of like going, uh, buying their own plane ticket to go to the grocery store in a different country. It's, it's like the 79th special feature on a Pixar DVD, and they led the show with it. They're like, guys, you won't believe how we built this set. We fucking bought shit and put it on the walls. It just put they shampoo show. in an unmarked container. Like, they're not yeah. going to know. <laughs> There's so Space shampoo, to done. Do this. <laughs> and they, they actually come to this because when once they get to the camp, Several of the staff members that they need for the show, they realize like, oh, we can't have them be Russian because they need to understand each other in the television audience. So <laughs> right. then they just have English people do it. You could have just done that for everything. You could have just done that for every part of this. You could just show me an office designed to look like a Russian office. And I, I'll guess how you mostly did it. You don't need a whole special featurette on how you bought groceries. I, I'll just figure somebody went to a Russian grocery store. Yeah, but then Johnny, uh, Johnny fucking Vaughn wouldn't be able to say cheap as chipskis as a joke. <laughs> Yeah, that was killer. Is that a that, joke? That was worth it, it. Technically. I mean, it's, it's either a joke or a war crime. I think, I think it's, I'm on the fence. Which one? Uh, something we've forgotten to note uh, up to this point is that there are three actors, three plants that Ugh. they put in here because they need all the help they can get with this show. They're so desperate to pull this off. This they need was, every, every advantage. This, I think, is the... Uh, kind of the worst betrayal like this is extra seat they didn't actually need and it has this intimacy like uh like you've got this buddy going through something with you and for him to be fake that's like whoa what the f- no that's not cool fuck uh, so our act they, almost, is it- they almost lose one of them because he's too out of shape to to do anything he's like <laughs> well, hold on we'll get to steve we got to get into steve steve is steve, steve is a whole section of my notes uh our actors are charlie who's just a seems like a normal dude randy who seems like a normal woman and steve who is a goblin that lives under a bridge and will never will never be loved by anyone again after what they've done if, to if him. there is a thing in life that can go wrong, it will go wrong to Steve. Yeah, yeah he's a full schmazzle. That man is rolling 
rolling critical <laughs> fails on every roll he makes in life. <laughs> they had to know this casting him. Like you can ask, "Hey, can you uh can you walk for like can you like walk walk around a store without hurting yourself?" And he's like, "Absolutely not. Uh we put, probably won't send you to the brutal Russian training camp for 20 days." But the deal's there's no way he walked out of his audition and didn't accidentally walk into the cupboard. Like. <laughs> That's how they picked. Like, whoever walks into this cupboard yeah. is going to be in our the t- actor. In the time we started this podcast, seven things have hit him in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> he literally, he literally hurts himself walking like the first time we see him. And they cut to a testimonial where he says, get my agents on the phone. They're not paying me enough for this. <laughs> just, to walk. Just walk. Did, you, did they ask you if you could walk? You might have lied on your resume. <laughs> uh, they also put Charlie on the spot who's actually very good uh, they put Charlie on the spot by saying he's a poet which is an insane and incompetent decision when you're trying to like make them blend in because you've cast media student you've cast somebody yeah. that's called a telephonist I don't even know what that theoretically <laughs> every single other of the genuine people on this is in some kind of low level admin job or they're a plumber or a uh, an electrician. And Everyone. Like, you know, except Charlie, who is a poet. Who is a professional hear me poet. Out. I think I solved this later in the show. They did some, like, reveal that I thought was so stupid. In my notes, I just put in that knee-jerk joke from Contact where, you, oh, they should have sent a poet, and it hit me, oh, my God, is him being a poet a Contact reference when Jodie Foster's in space and she can't describe the wonder of the, the time <laughs> portal. And she says... You guys, you you know the line, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, th- I think they're, you're suffering from a considerable amount of Stockholm syndrome with this show at that point, and you're just trying true. desperately to give them any sense of of competence. Well, here is uh, the but, the one time they immediately they immediately as a as a comedian. Whenever I tell somebody I'm a comedian or a writer, the first thing they say to me is, "Tell me a joke," or yeah. "Have I read what you've written?" So uh, they didn't think that through at all because the first thing they say when Charlie says he's a poet is tell me a poem, and I do have that clip. Before they've even arrived, Charlie's cover story that he's a poet is suddenly put to the test. So we'll give a poem to the camera. Say a poem. Go on, let me say a poem. I saw a pebble on the beach, and it reminded me of you. Or was it the dog behind? Scratching its shit into the cold sand. <laughs> Meanwhile, Paul and the boys. I gotta give it to Charlie. <laughs> yeah, that's how you don't get asked to do another poem. Yep. Yeah, he went hard. <laughs> it's, it's, I remember that scene because I remember it's, it's Billy who asks him to do the poem. Who's sat next to him on the bus, and you can physically see Billy trying to move to another seat. Yeah, at that point. <laughs> Billy, I think, was the closest thing they had to a jerk. Like, he was the guy who was like, this guy feels like an American reality show guy. Like, See, I thought it was going to be Paul, but Paul, I think, ended up being too stupid. Paul, Paul's a, like a Joey. He's a Joey from Friends kind of dog. Yeah. Paul, 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 is, Paul is a golden retriever. If, we, yeah. if we're doing dog comparisons for every single one of them, he's a golden retriever. Yeah. And we'll, we'll run down who these people are when we get to the selection process. At this point, they're still doing the selection process and they have just a ton. They have most of the people from the interviews here and they're weeding them out. Uh, they're making the actors go along with all of this. And one of the tests is rappelling off a mountain to which they ask Steve to do it. Uh, and he gets to the side of the mountain. He does not get a step down the mountain and he falls over just trying to get 
up to where he would <laughs> up to where he would go down the mountain, and yeah, then dude. everybody talks about how it looks like he's on a toilet. <laughs> uh, this and is the guy, This guy runs the fucking rappel rope for like like a zip line place, right? Like he he's at the the guy at Six Flags or whatever. He's never seen anyone fail like this. He's like he does this for like for Wisconsin tourists every weekend. He's like I've never seen anyone fucking up like this. How did you do he, he that? He does this for 9-year-old girls yes. on brownie expeditions. <laughs> and Steve just like this should this should have been all one elaborate show at Steve's expense to make him like the least loved person in Britain. Again. I, we're going to do this what, so much. That's what happens. This, this show should have just been following Steve around and telling him <laughs> that they got him another job going undercover on a reality show. And just. <laughs> Again, all every variation of this show is better than this show. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we weed it down to nine through. A hold on. I want to say a, that right here in my notes, you're never going to believe me, but I'm calling it here in episode one. Actor Steve fucks something up catastrophically. I made that bold prediction. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure if I was completely right, but... Uh, foreshadowing. All of this is foreshadowing for how bad everything goes at every stage of this show. Uh, so eventually, as we know, only three will make it, plus the actor. But we're down to our nine. Uh, they they tell us at this point that the contestants will be in isolation for weeks before they even start the show. And then will be in further isolation for weeks as they do the show. And then their prize at the end is to go back into isolation for more weeks. Like this is, you're just you're like I got to put you in the hole to prepare you for the hole. Then once you're done with the hole, your reward is more hole, <laughs> which you're still not going to be convinced is real because we've just spent so long deceiving <laughs> yep. you about the last hole. Uh, but they 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 narrow it down. Our final cadets, the final nine anyway. They're they're going to the camp are uh, Andrew, who thinks he's a leader. Uh, Astrid, that's uh, our telephonist, which I, I gotta assume in 2005 wasn't a career. <laughs> that's not a thing. Uh, Billy, whose only personality trait at this point is is him implying he might have a big dick, but is not willing to commit to that. Uh, Cheryl, who I, I, I kind of like, but I don't know why, because I can't understand a word she says. I don't know if that's just me. Well, welcome to the joy that is putting a show together with everyone who has a regional British accent. <laughs> I'm totally lost on her, but she seems she seems great. Maybe she's saying terrible racist things, and there will be a come up. It's for me at some point. Uh, it's Carrie who wants to be an astronaut. You knew she was getting through because it's cruel. Uh, PE teacher Louise, uh, Paul, who looks like a dog watching a magic trick, but does not get it. Will not get where the <laughs> treat went. Uh, there's a, a guy with a ginger afro named Ryan. Uh, Sarah Jane, who says, I like fun, <laughs> which I like as a personality. And then plus their actors, Charlie, uh, a lady named Rainy, who is, is very upbeat and normal, and Steve. They kept Steve after after this. They kept Steve when he proved he does not have the ability to walk. They were like, sounds great. Uh, here's your brutal Russian training. Hope nothing goes wrong there. This is the cast they narrowed down to. They got rid of fucking the fake, the fake scam lord of Lord Frumpleroy up there. They got rid of Gay Dennis. They got rid of Hates the Gays Damien. This is our cast. It's going to be the most boring thing that has ever happened. Uh, they only just now finally tell all of the contestants what the show is about. Uh, so up to this point, they got to be worried. Like, there's some part of them that has to be worried. Like, is this another cannibal thing? I barely escaped the last one. Here is the reveal. You are about to become... The first 
televised British space tourists. That's right. Let's just go through that again. You can take it in. The very first televised British space tourists. Okay. I left it in so you could hear him go, okay. Okay. That's fine. We'll fix it in post, or we won't. <laughs> but they don't. They don't it's fix so it bad. in post. You're going to space. Some of you are going to outer space. It's like, it just needs a punch. It's. I thought he worked in show business. <laughs> uh, at this point, he makes a big show of giving everyone an out, but they all, of course, say yes. I like this part because Sarah Jane tries to give an Oscar speech and Johnny immediately cuts her off, like within seconds. She's, she says yes and then starts to be like, and I'd like to. And he's like, no, Steve, what's up? <laughs> and Steve, and Steve uh, somehow doesn't walk into the propeller. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a miracle. You well, tried, Steve's like, you try to stop me from getting on that. <laughs> Steve. Steve, I think I could do that. I take that challenge. I think any Steve. nearby rake will stop you from getting on that bus, Steve. <laughs> Steve, here is my counter move. Stairs. <laughs> to the plane. <laughs> they make them all get on the plane and then they circle the plane over the ocean for four hours. Again, I'm just... I'm I'm Ugh. not like an eco terrorist, but the waste of resources for this of all things. Yeah, they they fucking license the John Denver song. They're they're leaving on a jet plane. Like fucking, why bother with any of this? Like that's a five figure music licensing fee. Like they just are throwing money at this trash. You you also can't tell me it isn't genuinely an FAA violation of some kind to lie to passengers about where they're going if you're the pilot on the That's plane. That's what I'm saying, right? There's crimes. There are actual crimes if somebody wanted to prosecute this. Human trafficking, kidnapping, a number of crimes. Like, you could. You did, this is illegal, what you have done. A lot of it. Uh, I like... I like when they cut to, to their testimonials and Billy, Billy can't believe it. Billy says, my, my kid's going to grow up saying my dad has been to space. Andrew says, my mom said I was destined for great things just to like grind in that yeah. this is a tragedy we are, tr we are attempting at least to make here. Yeah. Like it's like, don't put these lines. I genuinely don't think it's until after like episode three that someone has a word with them and says, you do realize that it's coming across really badly. How much you're about to Ralph Wiggum these people. I guess in 2005, we were all a little more cruel, uh, but this, it does feel, especially from like the modern lens, like this just fucking sadistic. And like, you could see, you can watch them build the dreams up just to let them know that these people are really going to be hurt by this. Fuck them, right? This is a dry run for your CIA PSYOP. This is how the Mission Impossible team would get your half of the password. None of these people will ever trust anyone again. I guess that's my point. This is, this is a fucking No, that's the problem is you know that every single one of these people trusted everyone again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe that, right. uh, what is that Williams syndrome where the the dogs just have to love you? They just you you selected very carefully for people that have to love you no matter what, and then betrayed them. It is you know what this whole thing is a magic trick to a dog. It, <laughs> I said that about Paul. That's the whole show. Uh, I forgot to mention they bought a tank. They bought a tank for this show just for the one section. Uh, it takes about three seconds where they drive a tank out. And, and never use it again. I, I feel compelled as a military historian to point out that they even screwed this up because it's not a tank, it's a self-propelled gun. It, it's a, it's a <laughs> tank ad. It's a real it's shitty the, little the tank. the weirdest, <laughs> shittiest tank. Because that's the thing, it's like the, the guy doing the line budget is like, okay, I can get you a tank, but you know what? We'll save some money if I can get you a, like a, a stupid little propelled gun. 
They're like, fine, they'll believe it. They know their hobbies are not military bases. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. I've thought of this. I don't worry. We've covered it. I asked specifically about tanks. Uh, so we are we are like ten minutes into episode two. The plane has just landed. Where we're about to begin the grand experiment, and uh, and Louise says these exact words. Some of our cadets were scarily closer to the truth than they could ever imagine. I think it's all ten and you're gonna go, ha, ha, and I'll be like, so. Ten minutes, the plane has just touched down. She's not even off to see the base yet, and she says, "I think this is all fake. I think, uh, I think at the end you're gonna go, ha ha, and like look at my face." And uh, the and Johnny, Johnny prefaces this by saying, "Closer to the truth than she could ever imagine." I would say she's she could imagine it. I think she, uh, I think she imagined it pretty good. Yeah, I don't. It- I, what, do they, what do they have for the drama? They start off with like some fake paperwork dispute. Like the guy's like, you're not on list. Oh, I, ge- I genuinely like that. I thought that was brilliant. That's Ryan. They basically read out, they get the, the guy in the fake Russian union uniform, which is actually a Soviet union with Soviet stars all over it. Um, to uh, to to pretend that Ryan, the guy with the big hair, isn't on the list, which mm-hmm. I presume is meant to make all the other ones waiting on the bus for him really worried, except they're all so excited right. to be on the bus, they just don't care. Yeah, they just they don't, don't care. notice for a long time. And then they do, and they're like, oh, that's yeah. weird. And like, this is the most easy going, easygoing guy ever, so he doesn't care. And I feel like shit like this happens, like, every three times you drive to Mexico. It's just, like, paperwork. Like, it just happens. And they, I swear to God, they spend four hours on it, and they finally let him on the bus, and then he tells them the entire story again. So... <laughs> Here's a fun tip. If you're a TV editor and you're putting in a paperwork story followed by a full description of the paperwork story, your show fucking sucks. You don't have enough good footage. You blew it. <laughs> and uh, and it does. It absolutely does. Uh, there are just long stretches of absolutely nothing throughout this entire show. They need to fill five hours for this series. Five hours. And they had, what, five, six months of footage? Like that's an insane, and, and it's got to be seventy percent clip show. So really, they 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 took months and months of people's hard work and millions of dollars and boiled it down to like two hours of extremely boring trash. And that, that's the scary thing is this must be the best they could have come out with. Yep, that's being generous. I think I think if anybody who knew what they were doing was involved with it. Maybe you could have edited out all the parts where the entire the entire like cast just guesses what's going on, or or the long stories about nothing. Hey, how about like uh, we edit that taking a test section down some <laughs> instead of watching somebody take an entire test yeah, in yeah, silence? Tip, if you yeah. say that you've got fifteen minutes to do the test, that doesn't mean you need to show the entire fifteen minutes of people sitting a test. glancing to the clock as time God ticks damn. inexorably by, like I, a fucking German art film. This has just- to. I talk about how every part of the show fails, but they don't have very good coverage. So a lot of the footage is security camera footage. They don't have like a, a camera guy and a sound guy running around with these people getting good shots. So it, I don't know. I, I guess nothing really looks exciting when it's security cam footage of, of someone taking a test. But I feel like if you're next to them and zooming in on them and like you could, you could make a nice angle for 10 seconds, you could get the tense, like test taking action. I don't right, know. you could. 
Especially as it's entirely justifiable that you might have cameramen in this room because you've already yep. told that they're going to be broadcast on television and this is the first British space astronauts. It would 100%. make absolute sense to have cameramen in those rooms. Yep, they could have put one in space with them and it wouldn't have... It would have only made the story more believable. So here's a fuck up that I like that they realize. You can sometimes watch this show, realize that they have a bit on their hands when anybody else would have realized the bit instantly. So they start off by having all of the guards do little scripted skits, mm -hmm. e even though they don't realize at this point they've self-selected for people specifically who don't speak Russian. So this is for nobody. Yeah. And you could put anything in there. This is where you could put a joke or something in there. Uh, they don't realize it yet. They will get there. They will realize eventually this is this is the place for quote unquote jokes. But at the start, they they just have actors doing skits for no one, which is I think I think a great metaphor for this entire show. <laughs> uh, the host, uh, our Johnny, talks about their host uh, for for this mission, the the mission commander uh, Campbell, Commander Campbell. And I will give them one thing: I think this was great casting because he talks. Fucking crazy. This is like the first thing he says to them. Okay, everyone. Would you like to settle down in the comfy chair? That's pretty weird. Would you like to settle down in the comfy chairs? And then at the very end, you see, I think it's Paul who says, Yeah, I'd love to settle down. Because <laughs> he, he is in pure dog mode. <laughs> because he told him to sit. Because <laughs> he told him to sit. Oh, yes, I would love to. Holding up a paw. He's waiting for his treat. You do have a biscuit, of course. Uh, <laughs> no, you don't have a bit. You uh, don't have a biscuit? This the was betrayal. Around the time they started showing the, the video diaries they made them record, and that really the crushing pointlessness of all this, the sad humiliation of this, like it kind of hit me in a more like severe level like just this is this is carry shit this is how you like create a murderer like why make them record all of these like intimate thoughts about their experiences when they're so phony and like just fill hundreds of hours with it it's just the the uselessness of this endeavor like hits hit me here in a way that like i really felt it i do think uh this is the point where you realize as an audience how pointless this all is. Uh, when they announce we're going to do video diaries, there's a room for it. Uh, it's Andrew who gets incredibly excited and he records the very first video diary of this entire uh, this entire experiment. And I have it right here. Oh, good. I'm going in the fucking video diary room to fucking record a message. I'm going for a shit. I would. Andrew, a student from South London, is the first to record a video diary. This is different. This is something else. It's fucking hell. He's freezing out here. Someone is gonna go to space. Can you believe that? Space. It's fucking something else. Excuse me, excuse me, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's uh that's the very first video diary. He leapt to do it as well. He leapt to his feet, screamed, I'm gonna go record a fucking video diary. He gets in there, he lounges like a Calvin Klein model, and he just goes, oh, space. He found the worst place you could fart and did it. <laughs> you know everyone's excited to run in there. 
afterwards. <laughs> like for tiny enclosed space being heavily recorded. He's like, oh. <laughs> it's just, there's no worse place to fart. I really liked this because uh, people were starting to talk about how fake it all feels. And then Steve, who's so bad, is like, wow, this sure is plausible, gut fellas. Wow. Like, uh, and, and then he like goes in to record his thing, Steve does, and he's saying all of this shit so out loud. I can't believe I'm on a fake reality show. Just one wall away from all these marks. And then, and then I have my notes that he gets his toenail kicked off. He gets yes. his toenail kicked off by the other actor. Uh, by Charlie. By Charlie. He, on his first day, he gets his fucking gross toenail kicked off. He makes sure we get a nice close-up of it. He sticks his filthy foot up into the camera, bleeding and swollen everywhere, just so we can see his shapeless, pale, bloody feet, uh, and make sure that nobody will ever forgive or love him again. Amazing. Ever when this it's comes like, don't show that. Edit it out. Like you be, tell, don't show. You don't need to show us a really gross toe. It's not. <laughs> it doesn't add anything. I but it's like. Steve, so he did. He did need to do that. And it's not. <clears throat> it's it's not. It's foreshadowing. It's more foreshadowing, specifically for how gross Steve is. Yeah, he is a guileless <laughs> idiot, a fucking weakling, falling into parts. Just the absolute worst undercover agent anyone could possibly have. I can't believe he gets his toenail kicked off on the first day, shows us his filthy, filthy wounded foot, and it's not the grossest thing he does in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so so now we finally caught on that we can do bits in languages they don't understand. Commander Campbell tells them the star's motto in Latin. Uh, And they tell us it actually means it's not rocket scientists, although he tells them it means we the adventurers. What is that? What is the punchline? There's nothing to that. Yeah, like if you're going to fake, if you're going to do fake translation, like at least make the thing that it really says not actually also valid as the motto for the space agency. Yeah, do something. And you can see like these are just notes that anybody would give at any point (laughs) on the show because they eventually get that note. But far too late. Eventually, but, but this do. is also the point where it becomes really slightly uncomfortable as it becomes really obvious that this is just a whole show built around mocking people who've not really had a lot of opportunity in life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and you, you get all the Johnny Vaughan cutaways where it's like, haha, look at them, they don't speak another language. And you're like, oh, yeah. is that funny? Yeah. They, they make them go to Russian class. House. Yeah. And they make us watch them go to class. Yeah. So we wa- they stay for the joke is that this is a long, boring welcome lecture for a prank show. And then they show us the entire lecture. And it's yeah. long and it's boring. It's terrible television. And they show us them actually taking notes on this. Like they're so eager. They're going to they're going to take notes on this meandering stranger. He finally gets to the part where he tells them the one big glaring problem with all this. They did not figure out a way to fake zero g like that should have come up at the idea stage for this right yeah. that should have been like the third thing you say when somebody's like i've got an idea for a prank show it's going to be my first post-it note on the whiteboard when someone mm-hmm. says this in 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 the in the the spoke scoping session yeah now, see just- here in my notes i made a note that like the way they handled it here at the beginning was kind of reasonable. They're just like yeah, they they do it right. They they get they could get away with the explanation they give here. I've yeah. noted as well. They say that they're just not going to be high enough to get weightless, and 
they they give numbers and they're going to be twice as high as the Carmen line. But I think it'd be weird for these people to know that off the top of their head. Like they they selected them to not know that. And and it's not like they're telling them like I have this in my notes. It's not like they're telling them they have a quantum grav generator or some shit. They just say we're not going to be high enough to be weightless. But later but. in the show, they change this and say we do have like some bleeding edge gravity simulator that now I have taken this clip specifically for what you just said, which is that they had it yeah. and they give them a, a real quick hand wavy explanation where they say, uh, we're just going to we're not going to be high up enough. And uh, here's here's how that goes. So far, so good. But brace yourselves for what could already be the end of the show. The moment we tell them that there'll be no zero gravity on their mission, which means they won't be floating around. Will they buy it? One thing that may surprise you, it might disappoint you, but it makes our life easier, is that it's unlikely you'll experience weightlessness. On this mission, you'll be skirting the Earth's atmosphere, um, high enough to reach orbit, but still within the reach of Earth's gravitational pull. Full training and acclimatization to the zero-gravity environment takes 12 months, which we haven't got. Brace yourselves for the thing that can bring down the whole show. Here is a gentle Englishman very slowly explaining something that sounds kind of reasonable at first glance. Well, as I was gonna say, that's why I think they have to then create the anti-grav generators, because they want at least one of the people to go, that sounds a bit dodgy. Right. And no one does. So they try and no, create no tension that doesn't exist. So they have to then try and up it to create it later on. Exactly. So then they come up with a second stupider explanation because they did not get, because they're so bad at this, they did not get the reaction they wanted. Yep. <laughs> I just wanted to, to clarify, you can hear nobody asking any questions at the end of that clip. And why would they? Like, all that sounds totally reasonable to me, and yeah. I had the internet in front of me while they were saying it. And I was just punching down in such a weird way, like, it isn't... This isn't like happening upon someone in a wheelchair and making fun of them. It's it's like holding a nationwide search for the saddest wheelchairs and sparing no expense to trap them all at the bottom of the most elaborate staircase. It's it's just monstrous in a way that like I, I don't understand how no one saw this. Like in, the, in all the people that must have been on this crew, no one said like, "Whoa, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> how many millions of dollars are we and for and for what?" Yeah, we bought a huh. tank. Well, not a tank. Not a, not a good tank. <laughs> a little tank. You, know, look, you, tank know, you know that tank is currently in service in the Russian army in Ukraine right now. <laughs> right. Like they are at that level now. Got a little tankins. Um, uh. The other thing is, they, they this is the bit where I, I thought they were, like, they, they announced that the whole program is funded by a Russian billionaire called, I think, Boschov. And I was like, all right, here we go. He's going to turn yeah. up later and there'll be some skits around him and everything Wouldn't else. Wouldn't that be fun? Nope. nope. Wouldn't that be hilarious and fun? No. No, it would not. You know what would be instead? A long, boring, welcoming lecture and test taking would be <laughs> would be a lot of fun. All right, so we, we are to the training, the physical training stage of the show, and they make a big deal of telling us that they got, for the first time, a genuine Russian. They have a Russian, everybody. Wow. <laughs> everybody else is doing a stupid accent. They have one Russian. His name's Val. They say he's ex-KGB Special Forces and therefore capable of stopping his own heart. <laughs> but I think we all are. Yeah, I mean, I could. <laughs> I could right now. You just got to really I, I, I Val may have been padding his CV. 
<laughs> I like Val. I like Val a lot. Val should have had his own oh, show. Val is the MVP of this entire show. Yep. <laughs> he's got just he's got the right vibe that nobody else in this show has, where he's kind of having fun, he's taking it easy, he knows what he's doing, he's a little bit serious. Like nobody knows what to make of him. Nobody else follows his lead, though. Uh I wish they all did. Val's great. Uh Carrie Carrie says it better. She says, Val. He's like Spider-Man. God and the Terminator rolled into one. Times that by a thousand and you've got Val. <laughs> you won't quite, believe me I when like I tell Paul you this. Well. I think she might like to fuck him. Yeah, I, I quite yeah. like Paul's description as well. He's the hardest man I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we, we, we cut that down a little bit because the B-roll footage of him doing cute little somersaults while everybody says this about him isn't, isn't, isn't super great. I thought uh, it was adorable. He does seem like a tough dude. Like when, oh yeah, he, yeah, he's doing he's yeah. doing just sort of those press ups that are actually mildly more difficult to do than normal press ups. You know, where yeah. you're holding your hands in a different way and all of that kind of thing. So, For at sure. one point, just to just to fuck with Steve, he lifts him up over his shoulders and shakes him around, which is such a dangerous move when you're dealing with Steve, who is just a water balloon filled with diarrhea. Steve, uh, Steve, who two seconds before has almost fainted on his feet. He has literally collapsed just before yeah. Val picks him up and spins him around, puts him down and says, you fine now. And Steve's like, no. I love that so he's, much. He's on, on the light jog picked portion. picked him up and shook him. On the light jog portion, Steve is of course lagging behind. He's got... I want to say three feet of drool off of his face that he has to remove with his hands, and we watch all of it. This is just about making this man as unfuckable as possible. <laughs> and he's yeah. limping because he's got no toenail. <laughs> he's got no toenail. Come he's covered fool. in three feet of drool. I fix you like a like baby. Flashlight. <laughs> and shaking around again like like a big fat baby. Just this is again, um, I'm doing that bit again, but I think this is a good show. If you take this idiot Steve who thinks he's an undercover actor and you just torture him, he's like, I'm a spy. I'm here among a group of people who think they're astronauts. And then you just make him do somersaults until he shits his pants. That's a show. And that's, <laughs> that's very show. literally what we're watching, I guess. Never mind. Yeah. I think that's the best that. part of it. Uh, Charlie at, at this point says something that I think is really prophetic. He says, this is hard, boring, painful, annoying, slightly fun. I'm hoping the whole fun thing is going to crank up a little bit. Just a fantastic summary of this entire show. Again, don't put it in the clip section. Don't yeah, put don't, it in the fucking clip so section. Bad. Or if you do pull that's... back and say, we're TV executives who tricked these producers into thinking they're doing a real prank show. <laughs> Boom, that's your show. And then maybe pull out once more to reveal, you watching at home have been a robot this whole time. Then you're like, what the shit? They also reveal at this point that they have to do 65 hours of tuition. So somebody had to write. They had to hire writers to write God 65 damn. hours of fake college courses. And I can't imagine anything more soul crushing. Nobody that wrote those courses ever wrote again. Like that was it. That was yeah. the dream for them. Because about what, 15, 20% of it is fake and like supposed to be funny, but it's very much not. They didn't get like the UK's hottest comedy writers to come in and, and fucking punch up this fake lecture so they're just kind of teaching them stuff that's a little bit wrong the the irony of this is this is because by the end of episode two i was reading the credits and i spotted that the name richmond richard osman is the producer and creator of this and i was like mm -hmm. i know that name and the short version is he is legitimately now one of british fine britain's finest comedy writers and presenters and everything else wow. um, 
it, this is not on his Wikipedia page. And I looked up and it was him that created it. Wow. <laughs> this is his moment of shame. He has everything yeah. on his Wikipedia page apart from this. That's let's hilarious. be real. Like the idea when you just say like, uh, let's people, let's convince people they're going to space. And then, you know, we just don't. And you're like, ah, there's problems with that. Somebody else is like, no, we'll do it. I'm sure that's how he created it. I'm sure he said it out loud and was like, hold on, what are we going to do about the zero gravity thing? And they're like, no, 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 don't worry about it. We got it. We got it. Uh, look, I'm Come sure that's how he justifies it in The Hague. I'm just not convinced that is really what happened. <laughs> All right, so it's the middle of the night after the first day of class. Hold on, I, I had a thing in my notes I want to talk about because uh, Steve, who can't walk and sure as fuck can't karate somersault, and he like goes and does a testimony or he volunteers to be the brains of the outfit because I, <laughs> I, I got to be the brains because I can't be the body. It's like, Steve, you're the fucking kidney stone, buddy. You're not the anything. <laughs> Steve, 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 you're the diarrhea of the outfit. And I think I can prove that by the next section where you make where you wake up in the middle of the night, you puke in your bed and then have violent diarrhea oh, everywhere until calling. you have to go home. <laughs> In the top bunk. This. It needs to be in the top, in the top bunk. bunk. <laughs> Went to have very public diarrhea in front of just yeah. everybody. So, yeah, to be clear, they gave them dozens of hours of mostly wrong education. They made uh, everybody really sick, and uh, that's that's what we've done. So, congratulations, England. You fucked around and invented America again. This is a Florida grade school. <laughs> <laughs> they bring Steve back. Uh, Steve, Steve explains he had the stomach flu. No shit. Uh, then he, he tries to spin it like he's a hero for not going back to exercise some more. He's like, well, I couldn't I couldn't return to risk infecting everyone mm-hmm. and ruining their grand adventure. Huh. You didn't want to do more sit-ups when you had diarrhea? <laughs> he's a hero. He's, he's a, hero. A, a national hero. But they do show they do show the dialogue between everyone after Steve's gone, where did people suddenly start to turn on him a bit and going, like, hang on, he said he was sick yesterday. So he's yeah. been sick all this time and he's been, you know, risking us going to space. And you just get this gradual escalation of people like comedy like that they're making playing off each other of kind of, of oh uh, well well i spoke to him face to face and it just ends with paul going well i made love to him and he could have told me which is just yeah. genuinely Good one of the paul. few funny moments yeah. in the entire show <laughs> paul's coasting off that to this day <laughs> but i i i'll admit i was wrong uh steve did not fuck it up they kicked him off the show here and he managed to not destroy the entire bit with his incompetence so uh, that's charlie charlie does that. charlie does that many times yes Charlie will destroy the entire bit, uh, trying to be clever. Uh, so we go back to the training classroom where, and this is going to sound like I'm exaggerating, uh, we spend about 20 minutes talking about the tragedy of the first dog in space who then died. Uh, we yeah. take about 20 minutes to talk about adorable dogs dying uh, in our comedy show. Yeah, like they, they, they've we, decided they're going to make up a whole bunch of stuff, and the thing they—the only bit of genuine stuff they show us that they teach them—is about a dog dying of stress and heat and heat issues in space. Yeah, and heat exhaustion. They specifically describe how the dog dies until uh, until Freddy. I think it's Freddy. Uh, no, Freddy's gone. Until it's uh, it's, uh I've got Cheryl Astrid? is broken written in my notes. Cheryl, that's it. Yeah. Until Cheryl has to flee, uh, sobbing, your comedy show once again. <laughs> And then they tell him that the, they have a city called Minsk named after the monkey Minsky. And I, this is genuinely absurd. So like great work show, but also 
um, I, I feel like no one's going to question this too much. Like, no. maybe, like, it sounds a little silly, but I'm not going to stop the class without my phone and say, You fools, no mongrelist of savage to name a city after an ape! Shenanigans deceivers! Like, it's, well, it's every single one of these lectures is punctuated with a, a cutaway to Johnny Vaughan saying, yep. Oh, look at them believing the fucking experts assholes. we put in front of them. Yeah. And you're like, Yeah, because they're freaking experts. Yeah. Strange things and happen. And also, they're idiots. You know that. We've established that. What's your next What's your next move? How do you increase this premise? How do you step this forward from, we got a bunch of idiots and we're going to lie to them. Oh, no, it's episode three of ten <laughs> and we don't have another thing. Yeah. But yeah, funny bit with the Dead Space Dogs, guys. I don't take yeah. rises to the level of prank. I think I believe you're entirely true. Sad, dead dog stories. <laughs> and it sucks. And it made me sad. Yeah. And then For they a play a very like, long time. They do play like a silly pop song in the dog's honor. And that's, I guess that's something that like a space dog lover driven mad by despair might do. So again, I don't think I'd call them out on it. Like, I'm not going to choose to heckle your weird grief. Like, I'm not going to be like, haha, this is a prank. You're very sad in a strange way to understand. It's just fucking, it's such an unfair prank. And part of what I like about uh, Joe Schmo, which I mentioned earlier, and W Superstar is like, there's so many opportunities for a self-aware person to realize, oh, uh, this is a prank. Whereas there's just not that here. Everyone the whole time is like, this is probably fake, but like they never pull the trigger on it because that would be fucking silly. Well, because again, because they can't, they've got another seven episodes to get through right. and they've got the simulator from Space Cowboys in the other room. And because if you guess, if I guess this is a prank, and I guess the exact nature of the prank, I say, you're tricking us into thinking we're going to space, as at least four of these people have publicly done at this point, and it keeps going, you're like, what? that would be insane. It would be yeah. insane to keep going. Exactly. You would spend millions of dollars to continue to not fool me? Surely I must be wrong. <laughs> the, because the alternative is so stupid, nobody would do it, yeah. but they are doing it. God. So no, instead they, they give him three weeks of useless education, which again, <laughs> that's just cursive. Boom, in your face, third grade! <laughs> okay, I want to cover the, 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 that, how that's a crime, because I also believe that's a crime. Probably. To teach somebody, if it's entirely fake and you can dismiss all of it, okay, that's kind of a prank. If it's 80% true, which they say, and it's 20% not, and then you actually use rigorous methods of education where they... They perform exercises, they have mm -hmm. textbooks, they take notes, he makes them take exams to like cement it in their head. None of these people actually can forget that. These people now have these yeah. as facts in this their heads like, that they will be like, 20 years from now, they'll say Minsk is named after the monkey and be like, wait, was that real? <laughs> is that fucking real? Well, yeah. what the hazelnut cluster. They make a big thing about how they convince them that there's an area of space called the hazelnut cluster. And you're like, we literally live in the frickin' Milky Way. It's right. not is that, that absurd? It's not that different, you know. <laughs> it's just the people it's, who it's name things are humans, and humans fuck around. It's a crime to twenty percent pollute the knowledge of idiots. Like they need all of it, and uh, this yeah, it's, this is illegal. Yeah. I like that they come back Christian from their school. first day, their next day of class, and they do a testimonial video diary from Billy who is now getting very worried about the competition from the other idiots. He looks at Paul and is, is, he's worried he can't beat Paul. I think that's incredible. <laughs> I think it's, it's a incredible very low bar to be worried about. <laughs> <laughs> that Billy is, Billy is so shaken by this education. He's like, I'm not going to take Paul. Like, what, what man could defeat Paul? 
And so they continue. I can't believe we're still continuing with the classroom. Uh, this is several episodes <laughs> that they will continue <laughs> to do this. They get another actor named Tom in to pretend to be from Mission Control, and he gives them silly fake nicknames like like Flight, Capcom, Fido, Nakus, and, and Mumi. And none of these, some of them are real. None of them are any more ridiculous than actual military nicknames, which are intentionally ridiculous. Yeah, I didn't even look it up, but I figured starting at Fido they were fake, but I did, I don't know. Yeah, so the fake ones were Fido, Lido, which is a type right. of swimming pool, uh, Dido, Nakas, which is obviously a British, um, you know, thing for, for your bits, um, and Mummy. But they, as you say, like, real military terms are deliberately silly like this. It's a thing the military does. Why would you, why would you suggest, like, suspect these weren't the same? Yeah, this is not, not a prank. It's not a joke. Like, it's just a lie. This is the difference. This is the thank you for defining the difference between a joke and a lie. This show. This is, <laughs> this is how you tell. Uh, Tom goes on to show them a bunch of silly pictures to prove a, to no, prove a point hold about on, like, like, being Try to accurate. picture this. Like, because they kind of, I don't want to spoil anything for the end, but like they kind of said, like, oh, here's all the different ways we tricked you. But imagine saying <laughs> that thing is not even called Lido. Like, can you imagine someone hearing that and being like, oh my God, you caught me. Like it's, it is, you can tell it's not a, a prank because that interaction can't exist. I guess. <laughs> nobody, nobody would ever understand that. If you told them that on this show, they'd be like, how are you thinking so far ahead? Are you magic? <laughs> right. Where's, okay, where's the snack? You took it, the it's snack like, away. I've been in, I've, I've played D&D games with really bad DMs where they create this kind of massive scenario where a whole bunch of stuff is fake and they do that at the end and they go, I can't believe you didn't you lot didn't work out that this was fake right. because of XYZ. And you're like, all of those things seem reasonable in the context that you gave them to us. Why sure. would we see them as fake? Yes, that's this it's this entire show. And nothing exemplifies that better than this exercise they're doing here, which uh which is Tom showing them pictures and he shows them silly pictures, but in the in the context, he says it's important to be accurate no matter what you're looking at. So he shows them silly pictures and has them practice describing exactly what they see, no matter how silly. And the joke is that the pictures are very silly. No, that's the exercise. That's, that's the exercise. That's built yes. into the. That's actually how learning works. It's the one point. It's the one point where Paul absolutely lands one of the smartest things he would ever say, which is he's shown a picture of a puddle. And, and he says, his reply is, uh, command, I appear to be looking at a puddle. And the guy yeah. corrects him and says, no, no, you shouldn't say I appear to be, because that's very vague. And he just turns around and goes, but I don't know it's a puddle. It might be a stain. Yeah. I need to touch <laughs> it or get close to it to see it's a puddle. And it's like, yeah, Paul, actually, that's really smart. You're right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's dumbness, his simplicity is so so far ahead of the show's, like chicanery yeah he's just he's too simple to be tricked by this type of shit so you've been outthought by paul you may yeah. have problems with your writing it's tragic yeah you've and also i would argue that none of the things were silly enough like they were silly in a fucking the most square-ass grandma way like what if the fawns met rambo and they did a high five it's just like yeah okay that's a fine first draft let's put it up on the board see if we can beat it Right, but that's 100% something like a cool teacher would do as an exercise. Yep. Like, that is, a, a, that's what's happening. Like, yeah, I've had that happen just in a, a college monkey. course. Which is this the is only frame of reference all of these people have, is school. 
Like that's why they repeatedly say all the way through, oh, this reminds me of when I was doing my GCSEs, you know, the equivalent of the kind of, you know, the 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 the, the kind of the high school tests. Because mm-hmm. that's the only frame of reference they have for this. None of them right. have been to university. You know, they don't have that frame of reference of going, actually, maybe this isn't how stuff is taught at this level when they say they're going to teach us astrophysics. <laughs> yeah. There's a uh, – both versions of The Office start with with the, the manager, like, stopping by a little funny toy in the office. Like, Ricky Gervais stops by a monkey, and he goes, oh, monkey. And then uh, Michael Scott stops by a Homer Simpson and just is all smug and proud of how zany they are. Like, that's what this feels like to me. It's yeah. like – and that that's just a – a silent joke to let an audience know instantly this guy fucking sucks. And the show did that unintentionally. This is shorthand for how fucking stupid someone is and they're doing it unironically. It's finally time. I think it's time to wrap up part one of this podcast, which can only end with penis gate. Uh, <laughs> it's the only drama that has happened in this entire they show call it in the show. Yes. Why wouldn't you? It's the only drama or source of conflict that has happened in this show, a reality show about tricking these people and making them live together. They did it so badly that this, this is the big source of conflict. Carrie, astronaut Carrie, who is taking this seriously, uh, gets up, she's studying, she gets up to leave uh, and get a drink. And uh, Paul, who is who is a child, draws a penis on her paper. Uh, he makes a huge deal out of lying about it when she gets back. He's like, no, I would never, I would never do this to you. And so Paul, they they start to have a fight about it, and Paul is out of his element with all of these, with all of these words and these talkings. And this is how he explains his thinking. Are you being a naughty boy? No, it's just your bellend on a girl's bit of paper, and she's on a breakdown. Yes, but hold on a second. Like Cheryl says. If you would have written all your stuff out and we would have started defacing it, well, how would you feel, Mr. Take Me Seriously? No, I if I went through life worrying about what people said to me all the time... Yeah, but... Hang on, can I finish my uh, Yeah, that's fine. And like, yes, you can say it, and then I'll have mine, and then you have yours, and then... Carry on, But then. if I went through my life worrying about what people thought of me all the time, I'd never get on. But you've got to understand, that if you want people to take you seriously, yeah, you can play mm-hmm. around, but don't, like, when someone's actually taking the time to, to do their stuff, then don't then, just shit right, about it. It's half a page. It's a willy. Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Ten minutes of TV. Ten minutes of TV they spend on Yeah, <laughs> They were so excited. We finally got our drama here. <laughs> and they just worked it out. Like, he's a piece of shit, obviously. He shouldn't have done it. And then he lied about it. And then he's like, oh, I don't even care what people think. Well, he's clearly caring what people think. But, like, they took turns talking and worked it out. Uh, this This honestly made me proud to be British. Because I sat there and thought that on any American show, this is going to end in a screaming argument. Yep. And here it ends with two people who really can't quite see each other's point of view, but yeah. genuinely feeling a bit bad. And Paul apologizes, and then everyone moves on, and everyone's fine with it. And I'm like, that is what I—that is my country at its best. We're terrible at everything else, but just for that <laughs> one moment, that showed us at our best. One glorious moment. So England had a chance to shine. And it was all about someone just drawing a hairy cock and balls on a bit of paper. <laughs> That's appropriate. <laughs> I like that they, that Paul is tr- stops and he gets carried away trying to describe what he thinks a conversation is. Like, I say something and then you have your bit and then I have mine and then you have, and they have to say, okay, right. carry on. Yep. It's like, oh, oh okay. I was, you're right. I was stuck in a loop there. I was just going to keep going. And then he like gives the two most predictable words like, oh, here's how I was going to end that sentence. Well, yeah, okay. No shit. And <laughs> Grow up. I just drew a, a dick on your paper. Grow up. Right. 
And of course, their response, you cut that off, but their response was like, how about maybe you do that? You're the one who drew the dick and started this, which is <laughs> yes, again, not fair. obvious. Everyone has fair points. You know, how excited they must have been in the booth when this happened. They've gone, this is it. Yes. We finally got some conflict. Yes. Jackpot. And we shall call it, with all of our writers, our staff room of writers, we shall call it penis gigs. <laughs> Dude, on Flavor of Love Season 2, a woman took a shit on the floor. And that took up <laughs> that took up less screen time than this dude drawing a dick. <laughs> and they shall call it shitgate. <laughs> they didn't call it anything. They just moved they on because there was other crazy things happening. Because that wasn't the craziest thing that happened that day. That's that's called that's how you do reality television. You said you were so proud of your country because of how they worked out this problem and walked away. I'm so proud of my country because a woman took a shit on the floor and we were just like, whatever. Next. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt. It's a podcast canals. Unmit maximalen shall. Doc Frankfurt podcast. Correct. The Supremes were city smart kids grifting their way off the street until they were framed for a crime they didn't commit. One 900 hot dog mounted an appeal to put them back on the street, this time in business casual as a private mercenary force. Together they are Hot Dog and Supremes. Starring Aaron Croston, Adrian H., Aiden Moat, Alpha Scientist Javo, Unandy, Armando Nava, with special guest star Badger as Bone, Bony Sam Sampson, Benjamin Cyrannan, Bim Talzer, Brendan Garlock, Burrito, Cyril, Chase, Clementine Danger, featuring Craig Lemoyne and Quavus as the Rappin' Quakers, Dan B, David Schull, Dean Costello, Devin the Rogue Supreme, the role of Naked President is played by Drayson. Dusty's rad title. Eric Rion is the Master Ninja. Every Zig, Fancy Shark. Gareth is the Master of Ninjas. Jellaho, Greg Cunningham. Hambone. Haraka is Ninja Master 9000. Harvey Penguini. Hot Fart. Hawk. Jaber Al Aiden. James Boyd as corrupt politician. James Boyd. Jeff Oreski. Jim Salter. John Dean. John McCammon. John Minkoff. Joseph Searles as himself. Josh S. Joshua Graves. Justin B. as typhoid urchin number six. Ken Paisley. K&M. Kyle Campbell as urchin master 9000. Lisa. M. Jahi Chappelle, featuring the musical talents of MC Mark Toronto Mac Mahoney, Matt Riley, Max Baroy, Michael Lair, with special guest star Mickey Loman as the Knife Boy, Mike Styles, Moju, 
The role of Mr. Bob Gray will be played tonight by Mr. T in Unoffensive Wig. ND Neil Bailey is Corpulent Louisiana Con Man number 17. Neil Schaefer, Neku 104, Nick Ralston, Ozzy Olin, Patrick Herbst, Rachel. Rhiannon is Corpulent Louisiana Con Man Master 9000. Sarkovsky, Sean Chase, Spotty Reception, Supernaut, featuring Tan Tan the Murderous Orangutan, Ted H, Thomas Cavazos, Timmy Leahy, Tommy G, Toasty God plays Judge Rajum McBlaster, Velo plays Dr. Blast McRajum, Booster plays Professor Stevenson, Waylon Russell, Yanis Ionitis, with special guest star Brian Saylor as the Street Pope. I'm afraid it's your word against mine, Mr. T, and who are they gonna believe? Some convicted felon? Or the man who blesses the rats? <laughs> Hot Dog and Supreme!